Amen. Hallelujah. We started the journey now. This is the third week on looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, we are still on um, uh, uh, faith, really. And um, well, we're finishing what faith, uh, the gift of faith isn't. All right. So we touched on that um, last week. And we are going to uh, be looking at uh, what the gift of faith is. So this is uh, taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And um, we are on verse uh, number 9. Remember what the Spirit of God had us to say concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that it's for every believer. Every believer. I want you to um, believe God that these nine gifts are supposed to be operative. We do have some deflowing of the gifts of the Spirit, but I want everyone to know that, um, um, that the Spirit of God wants to apportion. Jesus is the giver of the gift. Do not exempt yourself because you think it's for a specific elite group of Christians. It's for every Christian. And um, as you pray, as you look through the gifts, and you see uh, the, um, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, something is going to resound in you concerning one of these gifts, two of these gifts, three of these gifts, whatever. We don't want to limit the Holy Spirit, but there will be a particular gift that will stand out more than the others. Um, it could be prophecy, it could be healing, it could be miracles, it could be faith, it could be discerning of spirit. And we looked at those and so refer back to the archives to uh, look at the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge, and um, now we're looking at uh, 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 faith. So verse 9, um, the gift of faith. So what is the gift of faith? Okay, like all the other nine gifts of faith, it is the supernatural impartation to believers to enable him or her to believe God for great things. And we're just going to go into that uh, for a few uh, short moments. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, as we approach uh, your word, uh, I'm asking that you hide me behind the cross so that I am not seen. I'm asking that you lift self out of me. And I'm asking, Lord, that you will touch these lips of clay Speak through me. Anoint your people to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Open their spiritual understanding, Lord. And I pray that your angels will be active in the midst, ministering to people, imparting spiritual gifts, Lord Jesus, in the lives of people. And we vow to give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. The gift of faith will occur accomplish particular burdens or calls that the Lord has placed on a person's life. When the gift of faith is in operation, it's nothing to do with your natural abilities. Remember, the Bible talk, uh, uh, says it's the nine gifts. It's the nine gifts from the Holy Spirit. So, it is supernatural. All the gifts are supernatural. They are not natural. And it's given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's manifested by the Holy Spirit in us. Okay? And so um, the gift of faith, it is, a, it is great faith for special faith. For special things which is far and always beyond regular faith. So God gives you the gift of faith to believe for things that are completely impossible in the natural. Human belief system can only go so far. But there's things that um, you need to take place, or needs to take place in your life that needs the gift of faith to say, Lord, I thank you that you are able to do this thing. Even though it looks impossible, it sounds impossible, but because 
you said it. And you see that with Mary, you saw the gift of faith happen with Mary when the angel Gabriel came to her and says, highly favored one, above all the women, uh, you have been chosen uh, uh, to uh, carry the seed of God in you. And then she just asked, how is this going to happen? And the angel spoke to her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and that which will be conceived in you will be that of the Holy Spirit. Now, even hearing those words, it's still beyond the ability of the mind to process it. I mean, how could you process 2,000 years ago having a child without natural means? The gift of faith came in her to believe for what God has spoken. There's things that God will speak to you, show you what he wants to do in your life, through your life, that is way bigger than your capability. But at the same time, faith will drop into your spirit and you are able to believe God for something that everybody is saying, you're crazy. It's never happened before. Why you? You can't. But you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. You see, because it's an impartation into your spirit for you to believe for that which is and looks impossible. And that's why we have the words of our Lord Jesus. What is impossible for what? Man. Is possible with God. And so this is something that we need to develop. This is the gift of faith, but we can develop our trust in God. And how does that happen? Developing our trust in God. Obviously by getting to know Him. The more you spend time with God, the more you get to know Him so you can trust Him. It's like a human being, right? You meet the human being for the first time, whatever, whatever. You're not going to reveal your heart to that person because why? You don't know them. Because you don't know them, you can't trust them. But as you get to know that human being and that person becomes a very good friend, you're able then to open up your heart and share things that you would not have done before. Why? Because you've gotten to know this or that particular person. In the same way with God, if you don't spend time with him, if you're spending more time watching television, social media, and just whatever, chatting and doing all kinds of stuff, guess what? When it comes to having faith in God to trust Him, you're not going to be able to trust Him. And so that tells us that we need to spend time with God. Spend time in His Word. You get to know about Him, what He's like. You get to understand that. Whoa, he's faithful and true. Even in the times where things don't look too good or look like God is going to come through, you can see through the reading of what has happened to patriarchs of old that God came through, that God delivered, that God made a way, that God provided. And you lock your faith in that. And so this is developing your faith. But the gift of faith now is completely different. Where everybody else will be looking at you like you're mad. You know. You know that a certain thing is going to happen in your life. Because it came as an impartation by the Holy Spirit in you. And you're just declaring that this is going to take place. And that is going to take place with a number of things that has happened in this church that looked completely impossible in the early days when, you know, we began to declare that, um, <clears throat> that we're going to uh, rub shoulders with royalty, that we're going to be on national television. And obviously with the school and everything, what has happened with the school, we were uh, one of only two uh, schools that had access to Kensington Gardens uh, to use. And I could call up Buckingham Palace and get on the phone and says we would like to use Kensington Gardens and stuff like that. And that happened. And then we met with obviously now the King Charles and, and, and so forth. But all this was being said way before we were anything. And I know some people looked at me as far as crazy. But it's because of what the Lord had placed in my spirit. And we begin to declare and speak those things that be not as though they are. 
And so that was the, uh, that's the gift of faith, enabling you to believe beyond your natural ability to believe. That's the gift of faith. And so we should pray for this. Lord, I want to believe your word. I want to believe for signs and wonders and miracles and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit power. I want to believe for what took place in the book of Acts. We must be honest with ourselves. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I hear the things that you said you're going to do in this place, but Lord, I, I'm not too sure. Help me. The Holy Spirit is able to give you visions, divine dreams, helping uh, or to speak a direct word into your spirit. That's another way how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And so you have two words in the Greek. You've got the rhema for word and you've got the logos, same meaning but different, same word but different meaning. Rhema is spoken word. Logos is the written word. And so God now speaks into your spirit concerning something that he's going to do. And all of a sudden, faith accompany that and you're able to believe. As you are sitting there and you're hearing the word of God, if I was speaking on healing and referring to scriptures on healing... All of a sudden, you're hearing and you're hearing and all of a sudden, faith comes and all of a sudden, you're being healed of sicknesses and diseases. And so I believe very much uh, that we're in the last days and we will, we will see all the nine gifts operating but in a different dimension that we have read and seen in the past revivals. Why? Because Jesus is about to return. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are advertisement that Jesus is who he says he is. And as we've been looking at this, um, uh, we can see that the, the gifts are to build up the body of Christ first. It's to build the body of Christ first. And then it's used as a means to grab the attention of uh, non-Christians. As you said, when the word of knowledge is in operation, God is revealing the secrets of men's heart so that hearts will be drawn to Jesus. You can only know this by the Spirit of God. And so the gift of faith, Lord, I pray for the gift of faith to drop in our spirit, to believe concerning some of you know the vision uh, of the church and uh, we have often make reference to some of the things that God has said and, and, and it seems as it's impossible. Then the gift of faith comes on you and you're able to pray those things that are not as though they Ah, and it's only those things that God has revealed. We don't just start speaking just into the air. Oh, I speak this into being. I speak that into being. No, that is faith gone haywire. It's the things that God has spoken, the things that God has revealed that are not. That's what we begin to speak by faith. And the Spirit of God does the rest. And so we are believing God for great things because we serve a great God. We're not going to be mediocre Christians. Hello? We're not going to be bench warmers Christians. God doesn't need that. God is looking for disciples. Amen? God is going to pour out His Spirit upon your life. You're going to be proactive, productive Christians. Moving in the gifts of the Spirit, seeing God being glorified, praying for the sick, praying for your friends, praying for people, and leave the rest to God. You are not the healer or the deliverer. There's only one healer, deliverer, and miracle worker, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are just instrument tools and vessels as we yield ourselves to him and believe Then he does the work through us. So in other words, we become his mouthpiece. We become his hands and his feet. Oh Lord, we continue the present 
day ministry of Jesus Christ. That's what the church is supposed to do. We are supposed to continue his the present day ministry. That's why Jesus says, greater what? Works shall what? Who do? The pastors? The apostles? The prophet? Evangelist? Teacher? He says, greater works shall you. Oh, I, 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 I don't think so, Pastor Derek. Why? He's talking to you. You're a follower of Christ. You are a disciple. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Greater works. See, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help me to believe. We're not a nominal church. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not just going through the emotions of churchianity. We're believing for the manifestation. Another word for manifestation is outshowing. Because that's what Jesus Christ wants. That's what the Lord wants. According to Matthew chapter 16. And these signs, and these signs shall follow those who believe. That's if you believe. You can be a believer, but not believe. You can be a believer, but not believe at these signs are for today. You don't want to be in that category. You want to believe that the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are supposed to be operative. Are supposed to manifest. Not just through the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. But through your life. You want to believe God for yourself. And I want every one of you under the sound of my voice to understand that the Spirit of God wants to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit through you. All things are possible to them that... He didn't say all things are possible for the pastors. If you believe. The Scripture says, according to your faith, be it unto you. So you got Christians that don't believe. They believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for their sin, the greatest of all. But they don't believe the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. They don't believe that Jesus wants to do miracles and signs and wonders in this present day. You don't want to be in that category. Because you will miss out. You will go to heaven, but you will miss out. Especially on what God has reserved for these last days. And what God is going to do in these last days. The spectacular, the miraculous, that will grab the hearts of unbelieving people. That they will begin to cry out, there is a God. I believe, I believe, I believe. And it is the will of God. God, that everyone be saved. We know not everyone is going to be saved. And so as we approach the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will see the manifestation of the glory and power of God through his church. And you are his church. This is a building. You are the church that he wants to operate through Everyone who names the name of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit abiding within you. And he wants to work through you. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, staying on that uh, 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 gift of faith. So, the gift of faith is the unique ability to trust God against all circumstances. Think about that. It's the unique ability to trust God against all circumstances. Well, the situation just looks dead. You have no hope. Look what everybody is saying. What does faith says? God is well able so you can see where the gift of faith operated in the Bible. You can see it operated through Caleb and uh, Joshua. 
Caleb and Joshua, they were part of the 10 spies that went out, or was it 12, that went out into, uh, to spy out the Canaan, the promised land. So, so everything was wonderful, uh, uh, but uh, there were giants. And so when they got back, they said, yes, the, the land is flowed with milk and honey, but uh, uh, these are the other leaders, uh, but we are like grasshoppers in their sight. In other words, there is no way that we can take the land. God says, I've given you the land. They came back and says, we can't take the land. So they operated in unbelief. Unbelief says, you're pointing your finger to God, you can't do it. And when you have born-again Christians, you may not say it in words, but you say it in other ways. It is a serious sin. And then Joshua and Caleb says, our God is what? He's able. Why were they able to say God is able? They saw the same things the other spies saw. They also experienced, along with the others, the miraculous working of God's power in Egypt. Destroying the gods of Egypt and then taking them out of Egypt, coming to the Red Sea. They all saw the sea parted. I mean, that, that was just like, whoa. And they all walked on dry land through the sea with a body of water on each side. And they saw the fishes and the wells just coming close and just going around. And so we ought to reflect, reminisce, recall the things that God has done in our lives, the things that He's done in His Word. And, and then we recall the Word of God that says, Jesus Christ, the same what? Yesterday, today, and forevermore. We also recall the Word of God that God says, I am the Lord, your God. And I changeth what? Not. Making himself immutable. Unchangeable. Oh my Lord. So what he did yesteryear for others, he's able to do today for you. He's able to do tomorrow for you. Mm. To them that believe. Without it, according to Rome, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, you can't please God. For he who cometh to me must believe that I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Hebrews 11, verse 6. So we're going, we're, we're going interchangeably uh, looking at our faith development as well as the gift of faith. When it lands, when it drops in your spirit, and you just know, you got peace. You know that, you know that, you know that, you know that, you know, in spite of all the negativity that is coming your way, you just know. You know, to a certain extent, at times you could laugh. That's the gift of faith. That is not your ability to believe. Because everything in the natural says it's not logic. Everything in the natural is saying it can't happen. It's dead, it's over. I guess the situation with Lazarus being dead for four days. It's logic that he was already now decaying. It's in the Middle East. Uh, there's no refrigerated system. That's why they were buried very quickly. And um, it's four days now. Jesus turns up on the fourth day. And, and rightfully so, he was told, hey, he stinketh now. He's decaying. It's over. So Jesus had to pause and build up the faith of Mary. Yet to spend some time building her faith. Do you believe? Oh, yes, Lord, I believe that on the last days, on the last day you're able to do it. And then he said, listen, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he, boom, live. And so regardless of your condition and your situation, that looks like it's over. It's done with, listen, as long as you are breathing, there is breath in your lungs, all things are still possible. 
God wants to raise somebody's faith level today. Whatever has happened in the past, whatever mistakes you have made and you think you have missed God, you have missed this situation and it cannot happen again, just tell the devil you are a liar. Because God's word does not change. Even though we make some serious blunders and mistakes in life, God doesn't take away what he says he's going to do. It may have been delayed, but it's not denied. And I want us to understand this. God is a faithful God. He's trustworthy. He's dependable. He is reliable and true. The devil is everything but the opposite. And that's what he tries to throw into our heads, all the negative things. And so it is the ability to trust God against all circumstances, as Peter did when he walked out on the boat. Walked out of the boat onto water. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, verse and 33. Another mighty example of the gift of faith uh, um, is that of um, a Christian leader, uh, one, of, one of my heroes of the faith. And uh, this is uh, the person, George Muller. Um, he was the one that built um, orphanage for thousands of children. And um, he just believed God for the provision. You know, you can access his, the documentary film on, on YouTube, and I really do encourage you to, because when you watch George Muller from Bristol, um, who lived in Bristol uh, so many, uh, it's a few centuries ago, um, and, and what he did in taking children off the street and did not know how uh, the food was going to come about, and they will uh, say grace before, you know, at the kitchen table uh, with the children there, and there'll be no meal. And by this time, they said, Amen. <laughs> On the door, I was passing the baker. We had some extra bread in our bakery. Milkmen come and begin to offload food. This is how this man of God lived for many years. And there's a time that he had to then uh, appeal and ask for finances. But, um, and so when you watch his story, it challenges your faith. You're in awe of a mere mortal person that God is able to use in an extraordinary way because uh, we serve an extraordinary God who is able to do extraordinary things. He's just looking for a vessel, whether you are male or female, young or old. It doesn't matter your nationality. He looks at your heart. And if you will have the audacity to believe, then God will raise you up. Whatever your background, wherever you're coming from, he doesn't look at your background when he calls you to use you. Oh, I can see that your mother was a Christian, your father was a Christian. Oh, and your great and your granddad and so forth. He doesn't look at that. You can come from a very hostile, crazy lifestyle background where no one in your family is a Christian. And sometimes if you don't know, get to know God and his word, you can think, well, I'm a second class Christian. I'm not good enough. I am not good. No one is good enough. No one is good enough. It's all on Jesus' account that he makes us good to be used. And so whatever you are suffering from rejection, hey, you are an ideal candidate for God to raise up and use. You just have to look in the Bible and look at the, the, the people that God raised up. Look at their resume. When you look at their resume, there are people that many ministers would reject completely, but not God. Huh? How many Rahabs around? A prostitute. That God raised up with faith and placed her in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. I want you to get a picture of how, who God is and 
what he can do. And he's no respecter of person. Well, I didn't grow up in church. I'm unchurched. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. But, but pastor, why would God want to use me? Because he just wants to. But, but you don't know what I've done. I know what he's done. I don't have to know what you've done. I don't have to know, I don't have to know how wicked and bad you have been. You just need to know what he has done for your wicked and bad things. Hello? Hallelujah. He nailed them to the cross. He took the punishment for all your wickedness, all the bad things you have done. He bore your shame. He bore your humiliation. He bore your punishment. Hallelujah. That's called grace. Unmerited favor of God. Why would he choose me? Grace, 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 grace. Where your sin abound, the grace of God much more abound. In other words, grace is greater than all your wickedness, all your mistakes, all your shortcomings, all your depravity. depravity. The grace of God. Isn't that wonderful, church? I just love to say those words and remind because, wow, it just makes me appreciate God. It's nothing to do with me. It's all to do with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. He is such a, 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 a good God. And so, yeah, so George Muller, who in the 19th century, uh, England provided for thousands of orphans completely by prayer. Write that name down, George Muller. Put it up on uh, the YouTube and... I guarantee you, your faith is going to be stirred up. You watch them and you're thinking, oh my gosh, help my unbelief, Lord. It will challenge you to believe God uh, uh, for greater things. Faith looks outward to God and relies on Him. It doesn't rely on your education. I don't care how many letters you have after your name. It doesn't uh, rely on your intellect because that could only go so far. And there are certain things that you will face in your life that it doesn't matter how highly educated you are, you can't go there. And God will make sure. God will make sure that there are situations as a Christian that will face you, that it doesn't matter your giftings, your abilities, your education, your talents, it will not be able to take you to where you want to go. So it would take for you to put your faith that he placed in you to put it back in him. And then that, when that gift drops, which it will, every one of you are called by God and, and there is something that he has for each and every one of you. I want to say that you may not be called to the fight. You may not be called as an apostle or prophet or evangelist or pastor or teacher. But there is a call of God in every believer. On every believer, there is something that God has called you to do. Okay, that will demonstrate the supernatural power of God through your life. I want you to believe that you're not called just to become a Christian and to warm the seat benches and do nothing. There's not one Christian. Look at the book of Acts. That's our template. I don't care what church you come from, what, what you have heard. I'm talking to you Bible. The book of Acts is our template. There are no bench warmers. There are only proactive. Pro are you a proactive Christian? Is the light of Christ shining through your life to your neighbours? to your family, friends that don't get on with you? What is shining from your life in your community? Do people know that you're a Christian? Faith looks outward to God and relies on Him. Presumptionness on the other hand, turns towards and find confidence and assurance in self. So you have 
what is called presumptuous faith. As uh, one of the late ministers that went on to be with the Lord, he preached a message on uh, faith, presumption, or foolishness. And uh, what kind of a faith do you have, presumptionness? You can look at the scripture and says, oh, look, the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, um, you shall uh, pick up serpents and it shall not harm you. And so you look at that without looking at the context and uh, looking at the background of that. And you're thinking, right, I'm going to look for a poisonous snake. And I'm going to pick it up and let it bite me. And nothing is going to happen. See, that's presumptuousness. Or it could be foolishness. Because that's not what the Lord was saying. And I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, we looked at an example when Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta and they, he went to get some sticks to light a fire and a snake came out from the bush and latched onto his hand. And he had to vigorously shook it off. That's what he's talking about, because there was no harm that came to the Apostle Paul. Even though the natives on the island watched him, they saw it, and they knew that he was going to die. They even said, this man escaped the sea. He must have been such a wicked man now, and now he's going to die. And they saw that he didn't die, and they thought, the gods have come down to us. And almost started worshipping him, and he had to rip, rip up his clothes. Don't do this, because we're just human beings, just like you. I think sometimes we need to uh, remind ourselves that regardless of how, I don't know, anointed we are or what God is doing through our lives and, and uh, what people may say about you, that uh, you're just a human being, a mere mortal, a vapor. The Bible says you are like vapor, because when your breath leaves your body, then you realize that you're mortal regardless of how much accolades you have uh, to your name and what people say about you, um, that you're just a mere mortal. And this is what I remind myself, I'm a mere mortal, that without him, I am nothing. But with him, I can do all things. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, um, uh, and you've got, you got Christians uh, uh, who, who do these things. You can say, oh, well, um, I, 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 Jesus will save me if I, if I do this. And I do that. There was a story some time ago. Some crazy things happened in the world. Uh, this uh, so-called minister in Africa wanted to prove to his congregation uh, uh, that uh, God can protect him. Um, uh, even in a... A crocodile infested area and so he took a boat and he went out and he got out of the boat and the congregation watched as the crocodiles tore him to pieces is that faith or presumption <laughs> could be both isn't it yeah and uh, you see these things happening um, and, and, and the stories go on and on. Um, uh, people are doing things because they say that they're Christian and God will protect them. Um, the Bible says, wheresoever the soles of your foot shall tread, it will give it into your hands. But it's only where he has called you to. People take that scripture, that's presumption. They take that scripture and they go anywhere, place that God did not send them. And they think they're going to be supernatural protected and God didn't send them there. Wheresoever, the, and God was speaking to Joshua, wherever the soles of your foot shall tread, that I have spoken, I will give it into your hands. I remember we put this, um, we had to put that scripture to the test. Before we got here, we had, <clears throat> this was our sixth move as a church until we got this permanent, permanent place. And... Um, but we had been moving from place to place because it was time to leave, we were told. So we moved from one place to the next place. And I remember they said um, uh, to me um, that there is no other place for hire for, for worship. I don't, can't remember where we were leaving. We were at the Tabernacle building in Power Square. Then we moved to the Venture Center. 
from the Venture Center, we uh, moved to the Sion Manning Catholic School. So Sion Manning Catholic School is in, called, some people call it the Vatican of whatever, because <clears throat> it's a whole square. It's got the school, it's got a college, it's got nursery, it's got, it's just a Catholic area. And um, I, I went to uh, an interview with the priest or the whoever was there. So we would like to use your school uh, as a place of worship. And then he asked me, what denomination are you? Although we are non-denomination, we're not connected to a, a larger a denominational church like the Baptist Methodist. Um, but our style, obviously, is Pentecostal. That's where we come from. And so when he asks, what are you? I thought, oh my gosh. If I say Pentecostal to a Catholic minister, you know, you're just shutting the door. And I just said, no. I, I just thought, Lord, you said, wherever the soles of my foot, you've called me to this borough, to this area. And here's an opportunity, here's a hall to be hired. And so I said, I'm Pentecostal. And so he looked at me and he says, well, you know that we are Roman Catholics. I says, yes, I do, sir. And uh, obviously respected, uh, showed him great respect. And, 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 uh, and he says, okay, I'll be in touch. And, and there wasn't another place to move to. We only had, I don't know how many weeks left in the Venture Center, um, and uh, we just trusted God. And then I got a phone call from him, and uh, he said, yes, you can use our uh, school building. So it was the first time the, the Catholic Simon in school was used for an outside Christian, uh, yeah, for worship from another um, strand of, of Christianity. And, um, and that just was awesome. So when, when that happened, I just says, yes, Lord. So that, that will boost your faith. So there are things that will boost your faith. God will bring a challenge. He wants you to believe. And when it happens, what does that do? It lifts your faith. You see, when I, God protected me that when I was working for Camden Town Hall as a, uh, uh, for God, something engineering anyway, um, and I was on my lunch break, and my mind just was on God. So this is many years ago before I was even pastoring. Um, and then all of a sudden, the guy just turned around and looked at me. It was in his suit or something. And, and just started on the streets in King's Cross Fair and just started just shouting and roaring at me. And he started running to hit me. And because I was a black belt in martial art, I did a number of different styles uh, when I was a teenager. So I, I learned how to sort of defend myself. And, uh, but I told God when I became a Christian that I want to trust him and not have to use my martial arts, only to restrain somebody or whatever. But I wanted to see him show up. And so all these years later now, forgetting about all that, all of a sudden this guy's coming towards me. And I went back into a stance to block or defend myself. And I says, no, I'm going to say the blood of Jesus. So I just made up in my mind to say the blood. I didn't get the words out. No word of a lie, church. God is my eternal witness. The guy ran. So he's running towards me. So I'm in shock. People have stopped on the streets wondering what's going on. I'm in shock because I'm thinking, what's, what's going on here? All I did, I was, I was just walking, having my lunch. I went like this. Whoa. The presence of God just came on. I thought, whoa, what's his presence? This is awesome. And as I was thinking, ah! So I'm startled at this, someone 10 feet away from me and started running, charging at me. And I went into my start. I said, I'm going to say the blood of Jesus and see what happens. As I made up my mind to say the blood of Jesus, he crashed, no lies, church. He crashed in midair, coming towards me like he crashed into a brick wall, rebounding back, falling Back to the floor, he looked at me and he shook his head and he got up and went, ah! So what happened? It was a demon in a person that was disturbed by the presence of God that was on me. The demons obviously took out. There was a manifestation uh, from the demon 
in that vessel of that person. And so he got up and he ran across the road. And so I'm now coming back to my senses because it happened very quickly. And people are wondering, did he hit him? No, he couldn't have hit him because he was three feet away from him. You know, all, all this was going on. My mind was trying to process something that was supernatural. It's difficult when you see something supernatural happening. And the Lord, he, he told me the things that we're going to see in these last days, the miracles that are going to be demonstrated are going to cause people to faint. When you see somebody with no arms and you're going to see arms grow out, how does your mind process that? A quadrupleted. You know, bones cracking, all of a sudden coming out of the wheelchair and walking. We're going to see these type of manifestations, church. The world is going to see these things. We're going to be on the street preaching. There are going to be people in wheelchairs going by. And we're just going to say, in the name of Jesus, get up. And the power of God will come upon these people and cause a traffic jam. There's going to be all sorts of signs and wonders that will advertise that Jesus is who, he, is who he says he is. As they look on us thinking that we've done it, we say, don't look on us as though we have any power of ourselves, but it's Jesus Christ, the Son of God who bled and died on the cross for your sins did this. Repent! Repent and receive Jesus. And people will, because of what they see, they will come to the uh, Lord Jesus. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for the words that I speak, then believe for the works that I do. Amen. And so I was saying to the Lord, I said, Holy Spirit, what happened? And then he said, the angel of the Lord encampeth around those who fear him and delivers them. That's Psalms 34 verse 7. And I thought, wow, the word works. The word works. The word works. I thought, what happened if I decided to use my martial arts? And I probably would have been able to defend myself and hold the person down. I would have not seen the manifestation of God's power. I would only be I would only know the word theoretically. That's what a lot of Christians, you just read and you just know the word of God through head knowledge, but not by experience because you weren't willing to use your faith and trust God in a situation that required it. And so obviously my faith has jumped to another level. When the Bible says the angel of the Lord encircles those who fear God and delivers them. So your faith will change and the Lord would allow you to be placed in various predicaments of life that God wants you to trust him. Keep your faith faith in him and see the supernatural, the miraculous being made possible in your life, you will change. You will change. But the key is, it's not because I'm better than anybody else because I am not. I'm just a mere mortal human being like anybody but with the Spirit of God in and who dares to trust him. And that can be any one of you that you have the audacity even to look like a fool because you're trusting God when everybody say it can't happen. Who are you? When I'm a child of the living God, I am blood-bought, blood-redeemed by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you don't have to become timid and afraid. You just have to have faith in God's word. It doesn't matter who will say and threaten you, a witch will say, I'm going to put a curse on you. Don't get frightened because greater is he that is what? In you than he that is in the world. But you must believe it. You can't say that in fear. If you feel fearful, feel fearful of witches and wizards, get into the presence of God. God, help me to believe you. Because Jesus took care of principalities and powers. So it doesn't matter their rank in the kingdom of darkness. It doesn't matter what they're called in their secret society because they always use words of deity anyway. Most 
this one and master and all that kind of stuff. It's just foolishness. Absolutely foolishness in the light of Scripture. So what does that faith in this? It's not because I'm special. It's because I've seen God's Word. They could have all these things around them, shells around them, uh, paraphernalia, and they could hold this and begin to do it with their hands. You're going to die just for foolishness. The Bible says there are things of foolishness. It's foolishness to a Christian. Why? Because you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You've been washed in His blood, so you're not your own. You are owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is no power of witches or wizards that can trump Jesus. And you are in him. You are of him. And you must, wow, Lord, you're going somewhere with this. You must believe that, church, because uh, as a church, we come under a lot of spiritual attacks and, and witches confront us and all kind of confronts us on the streets when we're preaching. And you can see that they're doing their incantations with their hands and, and cursing us. And they have objects and they throw at our feet. Foolishness. Foolishness. Rubbish. And we're not saying, we're not doing that in arrogance. We're doing that based on what Jesus did on Calvary, that he disarmed the principalities and powers. That is the sum total of all of Satan's fallen angels and unclean spirits and demons. Whatever rank they hold, when it comes to a believer, not just apostles or prophets or evangelists, pastors and teachers, but an ordinary believer like you, if you believe this book, whatever is rituals that is being done, and people cursing you, and you just go, God bless you, and it just rebounds on them. This is what we've seen on the streets, which is using coded words. God bless you, and the Lord says, that's a curse coming against you. I, mean, I don't receive that. She just jumped back like that. Foolishness. What, what happened? She was sending the spirit to affect me. And it, it rebounded and hit her. And so um, we're not moved by those things. Again, faith, trust in God's word. You can be surrounded by witches, wizards. When I, when I was in Brixton, they surrounded me. One of them surrounded me and they began to tap me in the shoulders and tap me in as I was preaching. I said, Lord, what did I do? He says, continue to preach. I said, Lord, but my voice is breaking up. It was breaking up. He says, continue to preach. Focus. And as I did, I just... And it just came strong and it just disappeared. Your faith in God, faith in God triggers of... It triggers the power of God to work on uh, uh, your behalf. And so um, remember, your faith looks outward to God and relies on Him. Presumption is just trusting yourself. Oh, I can do this because the Word of God says it, and yet God didn't tell you uh, 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 that it, it is supposed to happen. Uh, church, there are uh, so many counterfeits. And we're finishing now. Uh, so many counterfeits today uh, in the body of Christ. With counterfeit signs and wonders. And God wants to demonstrate from ordinary people like yourself His raw, authentic power from this place. And hear me, hear me really good, don't be distracted. From this place, we will see and experience the raw, authentic power of God. We will be challenged by witches. They will come into this place to challenge us. And people will come to challenge us because of the disruption that is being caused in the spirit world in this area of North Kensington, where witches are gathered in covens and secret society to do their foolishness a praying Christian, a praying church 
you disrupt their operation. They can trace at times where that is coming from. And they therefore will come to attack. They did it to Jesus. They did it to the Holy Church. They would do it to you, but you just rest assured that God is greater, regardless of what sometimes God allows to get through so that you can experience a greater dimension of His grace and of His power working in your life. I just want to say this, church. Do not fear witches or wizards. Jesus disarmed their, their powers. They are in operation still, um, and, they, uh, and they operate uh, out of people's ignorance. Christians, a lot of Christians are ignorant because they're fearful when they hear a witch is going to put a curse on me. Oh, I'm going to go in three days of fasting. No, you don't need to go in three days of fasting. You're supposed to be living a fasted life. In other words, you're supposed to fast but you don't have to go on three days of fasting because a group of witches say they're going to kill you or they're going to do this to you. We've had that done and we have seen that the thing has rebounded and they called us because their person was having several heart attacks. As a young person, we just prayed and God had mercy and, and, and they're okay. And I challenged them. I said, okay, if you're a witch, kill me. I said, try and kill me. And you see what would happen. I says. The undertakers will carry your body out of this place. And God is raising up an army in these last days. Listen. And this army, like Moses, is sending them to Pharaoh. Satan is also building an army. And this army is to take souls. There will be a confrontation by the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. God's people. But the power of God is going to be displayed in such wonders that we will see witches coming to Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus bled and died for witches. And those psychics and mediums and those who practice sorcery and they do these things. The gift of faith is coming upon the people of God, but we don't need to fear. They can astral project their spirit, but they will be lost in the spirit world when they come against you. When he says, in Jesus' name, you see what will happen. They come at their bodies and they torment people in their houses. Many Christians have been afflicted, they've been molested by these who come out of their body and, and they're not getting any victory. But God wants every one of you to know that you have the Holy Spirit in you for a reason, Okay. And uh, those of you that are part of Tabernacle Christian Center, you must understand, if you know that God has called you to this place, I'm not looking for numbers. I'm not looking for bench warmers. I'm looking for disciples. And people are going to be proactive and you'll be trained, you'll be discipled. As in the Bible days, to do the works of God, to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. If you're not satisfied, I'm not, I said, Lord, I'm not satisfied. For there is more to my Christian faith than that which I have seen already. There is more. Look at the souls going to hell. It's the greatest damage you can ever inflict on the kingdom of darkness. Is seeing souls coming to Jesus Christ. It's what he came for. Is what he bled and died for. It's what he was punished for. To bring people out of darkness into his marvelous light. And by the grace of Almighty God, we will see hundreds of souls snatch out of hell. We're going to plunder hell to populate heaven. As the late German Reinhard Bonnke said, populate heaven. Hallelujah. And we're going to do this through prayer, fasting, and 
going out and being the arms of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, and rescuing souls that would end up in a Christless grave. Tabernacle Christian Center, by God's grace, we will fulfill our mandate. We will finish well and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servants. Hallelujah. We are on the offensive side going forward, not defensive, offensive, because we have with us Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. And the righteous, which is you, shall be bold as a lion. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Lord, we give you glory. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah.